If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today on the show we have Emma Holdsworth from Treehouse Family Counselling and Emma and I met so long ago I can't even remember when it was probably five years or so. I reckon. Um, and you did a you did the collective with me and also a business program that I was running at the time and I know Emma that when you kind of first came to me and I said what why are you doing this what are you interested in and you're you're a counsellor and you were finding that when you were working with people um, families later on with older children a lot of the core issues were were beginning um, during that early postpartum period Um, and so you kind of wanted to dive into how that initial postpartum support could perhaps strengthen these relationships from the very start Um, and, and yeah, and how that understanding of that postpartum relationship and how the bond is built can support families later on as well. So that's, that's how I know you. Do you want to explain yourself in your own words and describe what you do? Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, as you described, that is basically why I came to Newborn Mothers all those, all those years ago. Um, the, the idea that how we were parented and, and our own childhoods can, um, can really impact on how we, how we parent and how we uh, manage challenges with our, with our children and particularly with our new babies is something that, um, that I really love exploring with mums. Um, and, yeah, I don't, think it, um, I don't think it's explored enough. I think that often... During pregnancy, we've spent a lot of time really preparing for um, preparing for birth, uh, and we can forget about preparing for after the baby comes, um, and even more so, forget about preparing in that emotional way and preparing for how we're going to parent and how we're going to build that connection with our with our babies and what might get in the way. Um, and for me, that's been a journey of self exploration through having my own children um, and exploring my own, my own childhood, my own past relationships and how those things impact on the, the things that I'm triggered by, I guess, in, in my parenting and the, the behaviours and, and issues, uh, even in that, that, particularly in that first year that, um, that we can be really challenged by. Yeah, and, you know, do you think this is a shock for most people? I think a lot of people don't expect this, in my experience, and then they have a baby and suddenly they have all these big feelings and um, they aren't prepared. Do you think there's anything people can do, say, before they have children to kind of start exploring a little bit of this? Yeah, I do, I do think so. I think that it's, um, it's a really valuable thing to begin exploring um, during pregnancy or even when you're preparing uh, or planning to start a family. So even before you, you conceive, I think um, we, as, as expectant mums, we will often plan out how we want to parent. So, you know, we'll think about parenting styles or, you know, oh, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be like this. Um, I'm going to parent in, in this way. Um, and then when it, when it comes to the crunch, those, uh, those, in, those values that are really deeply embedded in us 
even if we don't even if we don't love the idea of them they can often they can often pop pop their pop their head out i guess um so i think uh during pregnancy or when trying to conceive thinking about things like um what you learnt about mothering from your own mother and um what patterns you've carried through in relationships in in your past uh, because it all really comes back to that first relationship. Your first relationship was your relationship with your own mother. And when we can explore that and um, the, the patterns that we have, uh, in, that have been embedded in us from that earliest relationship experience, then we can start to imagine how that's going to impact on, on our parenting and our baby's most important relationship with us, their, their mother in that, in that, those very early months and years. Yeah. And what do you see some of the common triggers are like when your kids are behaving in certain ways and mothers are reacting in ways that are not just related to that particular incident, but obviously hold this, these past relationships and experiences. What are some of the things that you see? Uh, so it, the, the early things that I, that I see mums being triggered by are crying Babies, babies who cry a lot and, and many babies do cry a lot. Um, and mums will tell me that uh, they, uh, for example, that their plan is to respond to their baby when their baby cries and um, try to think about what, what the need is behind their baby's cry. Um, but when it comes down to hearing their baby cry, they, um, they might have feelings inside or that, that sort of self-talk of, you know, oh, I just wish that the baby would stop crying or, um, you know, I need the baby to sort itself out or those, those, uh, those thought patterns that we don't necessarily think that we're going to have um, will often, we'll often come out of uh, hearing our babies cry. Um, yeah, I've seen that particular one a lot, that, that feeling of like just which is because we've been conditioned ourselves, but just, oh, just buck up, repress those emotions and get yeah. on with it. Why are you making such a fuss, you know? And it can be quite a shock for a mother to think that when she's like, oh, where did that come from? I didn't, I yeah. didn't really mean that, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that there's, you know, I think our, our, our true mothering instinct is, you know, is really kind of hidden, I guess, deep underneath all these layers of, um, of, of those, th those things, how we were parented, what we've read in books, what we're told by professionals. Like, there's so many things that kind of cloud that, um, that I think if we, if we can explore those things um, and explore our past and explore ourselves more deeply, then um, we're able to kind of dig through, I guess, those, those extra layers and get to that, that true instinct, the thing that, that our, our, our true gut is really telling us to do. Yeah, I think that's really true because a lot of people who think they're acting on instinct actually have a whole lot of layers of stress and fear that mean that it's yeah. not it's not really going to be, you know, for the greater good what they are perceiving as their instinct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's yeah a lot of um, a lot of messy a lot of messy layers, um, and one of which the one that I like to support mums to work on is that the layer of of what they understand about mothering or what's been embedded into them about mothering from from their own mothers and also from other female female influences and female carers in their lives loving this podcast check out our books at newbornmothers.com 
Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth. And my second book, Newborn Mothers, was a bestseller. I know, I can't believe it either. It's about baby brain, village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting. You can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com slash books. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about more, more about that. What, what can we actually do? What sort of things might be helpful for mums to explore, um, you know, around this? Uh, so I think that um, one of the big things is, is looking at our inner child. So there's a little, a little part of us um, that perhaps didn't have all of her needs met when she was, when she was small. Um, and it's not necessarily, it's not about like bashing our parents or saying our parents did a terrible job or that we've even that we've had significant trauma. It's just that as parents, we can't always meet our, our small people's every need because they have many. Um, so exploring what it is, what, what your needs were that perhaps weren't weren't met when you were when you were small, and trying to connect with that inner child and find ways to to soothe her and to understand her and to to build a relationship with that part of yourself, so that when she tries to take over, which is that that um when we're triggered, she comes out and says, "Oh, it's not fair. I, you know, I never, no one ever cuddled me." When I was, you know, when I was crying, I was, you know, I was left to cry. I was never cuddled. It's not fair. Um, when we're trying to give that thing that we were never given to our oh, babies yeah. or children, um, if we can learn to to soothe her and to build a relationship with her, that inner part of ourselves, then we can, when when we see her, start to try to try to be the boss or try to take charge. We can we can support her and say, you know, it's okay. I'm the adult, I've got this, you, you know, you can, um, and, you know, that's, it's, it's a bit metaphorical, obviously, because <laughs> she's, we can't see her. Um, but I really do believe that, um, that we all have that inner child in us. And if we can connect to that part of ourselves, then, um, and understand ourselves better, then we can begin to um, shift from her trying to take charge and from her trying to, um, to, to have her say, yeah, this is super interesting because what you really make me think of is this can become really intergenerational too because I see this in some of the grandparents, for example, if I'm working with a mum, some some of the grandmothers are really awesome, a lot of them are, but then there's the occasional grandmother who's like, why do you need all this help? I did it all alone and you should too. And I just feel so, um, I feel so disappointed that they can't be happy for the love and support that their daughter or daughter-in-law is is getting, you know, mm-hmm. and surely if they didn't get it, it, it should be a nice thing that the next person is, but instead they still are just like, oh, you know, I can't understand what all the fuss is about. And I think that must be that thing, that inner child is so repressed and so, um, yeah, it's and just coming out in these not so supportive and positive ways. Yeah, absolutely, and I guess that's what I what I mean when I say it's not about um it's not about having a go at our parents or saying that they did a bad job because it just it just it's just carried down through the generations, um all of you know any any trauma that's occurred or um any disconnects that's occurred or all of those unmet needs, and I think nowadays um there's a lot more mums who are really I guess consciously parenting and trying to be really aware about 
how they parent. Um, whereas in, in past generations, perhaps our grandparents and, and their parents um, and so on, it might, they might have just kind of done what their mothers did rather than trying to change things or trying to do things in a different way. Yeah, I think so. And, and one thing my mum says to me is how lucky we are. It's, it's a blessing and a curse, as most things are, but that we do have access to better information now because she was like, oh, I wish I'd had all the resources that you've got now, you know, when, when she was a mother because she's like, mm. I just never knew about any of this stuff. We couldn't just, you know, call people or look on the internet or, you know, connect with people from around the world. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them didn't have the opportunity to even consider that things could be different um, and mm. how else they might do things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, oh, yeah, I agree with you. It is a bit of a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Because sometimes <laughs> yeah, as a mum, <laughs> sometimes as a mum, I just wish I could just, you know, just relax a bit more. You know? yes, Stop definitely. thinking about it so, so much. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I think that's what this beautiful idea of when we forgive um our our own mothers we are forgiving ourselves and i think when we can be kinder because a lot of the time when i hear people go oh, you know my mom this and my mom that and they're quite awful they're the same people who are actually really awful to themselves mm. um, as well and they judge themselves really harshly so a lot of that journey of forgiveness it's really related isn't it yeah it is and i think that when we when we explore this this stuff more deeply what we also find is that there are in almost all cases, some really beautiful things um, that are handed down from our mothers and our grandmothers to us when it comes to how we how we will mother. It's mm. in most cases, it's not all terrible. There's usually some you know some bits that we might maybe want to tweak or or soothe our inner child around. But there's also usually some really beautiful um, mothering attrib attributes that we um, would like to to pass down to our children as well. Yeah, I love that. The other thing you kind of bring up for me too is this the way that women have been socially conditioned to not really think of our own needs because um, I think that kind of must be part of it too, that when we are caring for our children so intensively, we often just forget basic things like eating, sleeping, exercising, you know, like we, we just have those same needs as human. There's nothing, there's nothing special about us. Absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes exploring this in a child might help people too to um, think like, oh, I'm just hungry right now. That's a good way to look after my, myself, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have so many mothers who tell me that they, um, they, they've started thinking about their own needs, but they actually don't know what they need. <laughs> Totally. I think it's really hard when you're a new mum to remember mm. what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you, we're, again, conditioned, I guess, by society about what we should need. Oh, I should go and do a yoga class because that's what new mums need is to, <laughs> to do a yoga class. And for some it is that. But I think um, we all have such uh, individual needs and it's really important, I think, to explore what, um, what, your, own, what, yeah, what your needs are maybe your needs are more like just just you know sit in a corner under a blanket for half an hour a day and, and that's <laughs> yeah. okay too <laughs> which I guess is quite a freeing idea of having thinking of it as you're in a child because it kind of gives you a little bit of detachment from that need like you can think yeah. what does my inner child need right now because it's a bit hard to think what do I need right now and you might judge yourself more you know whereas if you're like no that's what my inner child needs I'll be more gentle and kind about that yeah 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 that's right treat yourself like you would treat a child that you that yeah. you love very much because the, yeah. because she does need to be treated that way and she does need to be to be loved and nurtured in that way if she's to feel safe enough 
to be to be able to support you to become the parent that you truly want to be yeah i love that so one thing i want to ask you about because i think it's a really interesting topic and i know you do it is sand play can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about sand play yes yeah, so um sand play therapy is an expressive therapy modality so a little bit like art therapy um, but we use symbols and figurines in a a tray of sand basically um, to create a a story or a world or a scene that basically comes from our subconscious so um, the idea behind sand play is that it it can help us to get to the, the deeper stuff, so our inner child, our shadow, um, all of the parts of ourselves that we that aren't necessarily the part that we connect with on a daily basis. Um, and we kind of have it laid out there in front of us by, the, by a creative method, so the process of, of creating in the sand tray for the client. Um, and then I work with, with the client around unpacking what it is that they've created there and, um, and creating meaning and putting a story to it. Um, so I guess it's a form of, um, of of a form of therapy that goes beyond just talking. Um, I think talk therapy really has its place, but I think you can only get to a certain point of knowing, and then you're like, okay, well, I know what all the issues are, but I still don't feel a shift happening. Um, and that's where something like sand play can can really come into its own because you can access uh, parts of yourself inner parts of yourself that you maybe wouldn't be able to access just by just by having a having a discussion um so it's really it's a really powerful modality particularly for um birth trauma so for working through any issues around birth um but also it's it's really powerful for looking at this this inner child stuff and what what is your inner child actually saying um and i'm a very metaphorical thinker so i just fell in love with it <laughs> the moment that I first that I first did a sand tray as a client um, because it's it basically turns everything into into pictures and into symbology uh, and it's yeah it's a really beautiful way to explore things more deeply yeah I love that and just with different ways because again we live in a culture that really uh, over emphasizes the value of words and and writing mm -hmm. which is great for people whose brains work in that way but for people who feel they can express themselves but better in other ways it's um you know words aren't always that helpful there's definitely a limit to to their usefulness yeah and i think particularly for new mums you know as as you as you know so well and as you taught me so well <laughs> we're you know we're kind of living in our emotional brain in that particularly in those those early months um yes and that first year and it, it can often be very can... hard to find the words yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right um so yeah it can be really a really beautiful soothing even just the process of of sand play can be really soothing for new mums yeah i love it so if people have enjoyed this and they want to learn more about it where can they find you uh so on my website so uh, treehouse counseling .com.au they can find me there and a little bit more about my services I also have a um a free Facebook community that's that's quite new and that's for pregnant women or women who are um, planning a baby so trying to conceive to explore uh, the things that we've been talking about today more deeply and that's called the roots of motherhood um so you can you can find it just by searching the Roots of Motherhood on Facebook or you can find it through my Treehouse Family Counselling Facebook page. 
That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Emma. That's okay. Thanks for chatting with me. See ya. Bye. See ya. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high-quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.